You're listening to Faith That Works, a podcast ministry of Faith Community Church, Indianapolis, Indiana. This is Pastor Steve Nanny, and I'm so glad that you've taken time to listen to this podcast today. We are currently going through a series called Transforming Faith. We are taking a look at Romans chapter 5, 6, 7, and 8. So we're going to pick up Sunday morning, and thanks for listening. Romans chapter 5. If you're there, say, I'm there. So what we talked about, we're talking about the, the last few weeks, or, or last week we started, we're going for a few weeks, is the idea of Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8. Romans was a letter that, that Paul wrote to a people he had never met. His desire was to get there. So he knew he had a lot to teach them about the church. And so what he did was he wrote them a letter of instruction. It's the best letter in your Bible about just good doctrine and good teaching. So we're going to carve out 5, 6, 7, and 8. And why 5, 6, 7, and 8? And I'll explain this right here. Because 5 deals with how we are made right with God. Justification. The idea that through Christ I was guilty. Can I get an amen? Look at your neighbor real quick and say, you guilty. You guilty. That's only half of y'all did it. The rest of you, you guilty not saying you're guilty. All right, so we're guilty of our sin, right? We're guilty. But, but God, in his loving kindness, sent Jesus to justify us and to make us right before him. So now I can be not guilty because of Christ. Listen. Hey, yes, we can clap for that. Amen. Let's clap. Now, some of you just... Help Gary out today. I mean, don't make him clap by himself. It's a good thing to give God praise for Jesus. Amen? Because in Christ, we've been made not guilty. Now what? Six, seven, eight. You're going to live like it. Right? Because the justified person lives a sanctified life. Oh, nobody wants to hear that this morning. The justified person lives a sanctified life. It's easy to say I'm not guilty, so now go in the world and live like you're not guilty, and it'll change the way you walk, it'll change the way you talk, it'll change your attitude about yourself and about others when you realize I've been justified, I've been bought with a price, I belong to God, I'm no longer guilty of my sin and my shame and my guilt. So now what does it do? Boy, that changes my Monday. When I get a revelation of what Christ has done for me, it'll change the way we act. And that's the sanctified life. Last week we talked about benefits of justification. We talked about, we read the first uh, 11 verses there. We talked about peace with God and access to God and how God's through his son Jesus gives us hope and character, God's love. We've been saved from wrath and there's joy and reconciliation. So in Romans 5, it'll be on the screen beginning in verse 12. Romans 5, we're going to begin in verse 12, and we're going to finish the chapter. Amen? Are you ready? Therefore, again, because of what he just talked about, just as sin came in the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world, before the law was given. But sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, 
much more. Say that with me. Much more. Have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one's trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in, say it with me, life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Come on now, is anybody getting this this morning? Good night. This ought to take your socks off this morning. Come on. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, talking about Adam, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, Jesus, the many will be made righteous. And now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, Grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Man alive, man alive. You're like, that's a lot of words. Well, it'll make sense. Hold on. All right. So what? Can I tell you when I, when I, when I read a passage of Scripture and when I try to prepare for Sunday morning, it's easy for us to just kind of blow through it. Has anybody ever been to a sermon or to a church service and you walked out after church and your thought was, what was that about? What was that about? Like a pinball machine, the sermon went. Younger people, that's this long machine and a little ball comes out and you have little things called flippers and you hit the, anyway, ask your parents what a pinball machine is. So, like a pinball machine, the Word of God bounces, 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 and you walk out going, what in the world was that about? And you go home dumber than when you walked in. And then you're a little, real hesitant to come back the next week. So this is important to understand because the benefits of justification. He explains right here why we needed to be justified. He explains very carefully and very deliberately how we are all guilty. I know you feel good about yourself today and you think, I've tried to live a pretty holy life this week. I try to be a good person. I've tried to make sure my good outweighs my bad. My sincerity, Pastor, you don't understand. I have a sincere heart and I try to do the right thing. Guilty. Guilty. You're guilty. You're guilty. Let's look at that, all right? Let's look at verse, let's go back. We're going to kind of, kind of go our way through this here, verse 12. So he talks about right here why we needed justification. Let's go to that next slide. Because of Adam, right? Just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sin. Now, this is important because people want to split hairs about this kind of, federal headship and the, and the family headship. And, and let me just explain it like this. Because Adam sinned, he passed on that sin nature to all of us. You understand that? But, now I don't want you to think this. It's not fair because I've heard a lot of ladies say something like this. I can't wait to get to that Eve. 
My childbirth would have been so much easier. But Eve, Eve is guilty. And because Eve's guilty, childbirth, ladies, you get mad at Eve, right? Can I tell you, you're guilty too. You're guilty. It wasn't Eve that sinned. It was you and I. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You understand this? So you and I are not being punished for Adam's sin. We are being punished because, number one, we have Adam's sin nature in us. And then guess what else we did? We sinned. We sinned. Every one of us in the room not only was born sinners, but we also committed sin, therefore making us guilty. Making us guilty. Now, what does sin and, and bring? Sin brings death. Sin brings death. Look at, look at the end of that verse 12 there. It says, and death spread to all men because all sinned. Now, what's this? Think about it like this. God never intended in the Garden of Eden for mankind to ever die. I want you to think about that. We were not intended to die. Then why do people die then, Pastor? Because we have sin. And sin also introduced creation to this thing that we don't like called death. Because of sin, now we have death. And because of death, we have that final consequence. So understand this. But God, in his kindness, gave us Jesus so that, guess what? Listen, listen, listen. You don't have to die. Can, can you hear that this morning? For those of you that are afraid of dying, you don't have to be. You don't have to be. You, you don't have to be afraid to die. Yeah, but I don't know what it's going to be like. I'll tell you what it'll be like. Come talk to me after church. I'll tell you what death will be like. It's going to be glorious. For those of you that are in Christ, you, you, you're, you're just going to, it's going to be a moment, and you're going to wake up and be like, oh, hot dog. That's what we say sometimes. We get fired up. Hot dog. Hot dog. Right? You know, sometimes you have that thought, right? Because there is only, the Bible tells us a, just a picture of heaven. It doesn't give us the whole thing. But can I tell you this? Can, can I just assure you of something? You're not going to get to heaven one day and go, well, I'll be dad gum. I thought it'd be better than this. Well, where's the gravy? I was looking for the lobster bar. I mean, I don't even know the. Come on, there is not. There will be not one drop of you that will open your eyes. You're gonna be. You'll be emotional, right? That God has prepared something so wonderful for you, and you were guilty. But God, Jesus himself, said, I don't want you to die. I want you to live. And so I will take upon your death on myself so that I will die so that you can live. Come on now. Anybody follow that? That's the point. That's what Christ has done for us. So watch this. So there's three types of death. We'll do this real quick. There's a physical death, right? And, and that's what Bill Gale experienced on Friday. His body ceased to breathe. But can I tell you, he did not die. All he did was move. Right? You ever had people move out of state? 
and you don't get to see them as much anymore, but you know where they are, and you know what they're up to, and you want joy for them, and your heart's sad because you miss them, and you don't get to see them anymore, but you know they're in a good place. Can I tell you, that's what heaven is for the believer. God has created a good place for those that believe, and one day, all we're doing is moving. I'm moving. Tell your family, don't be sad, I'm just moving. So pack your bags and come see me one day. Hey, I got a mother and a father on the other side. I got a grandmother that loved me, prayed for me. Oh, you miss them, don't you? Yeah, I'm going to see them again now. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I didn't say goodbye to mama. I said I'll see you later. Because I knew, I knew she wasn't going to die. She would have a physical death. Right? That's the curse. But Jesus came to make sure you and I, if we would just embrace him by faith, we would never die. Come on now. Somebody give God a hand for that. Come on now. We will never die. There is a spiritual death, right? Hey, I, I mean, I mean, I got, I got the cutest grandbaby there ever was. Right? Got another one coming in two weeks. I mean, we're waiting for the phone call. We're going to be in Virginia Beach in a record time. Or Norfolk, Suffolk. We're we going, we going east. We're, we're ready. We got our go bag almost packed, ready to go. It's going to be like, here comes the baby. Boom. Nana is ready. I'm the driver. Nana, <laughs> you bouncing off the wall, right? But can I be honest with you? Our children are born spiritually dead. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. And Nicodemus is like, uh, hmm, my mother's womb, that seems weird. She's like, you don't even get this. Spiritually, we must be reborn. And a lot of people, maybe even in this room right now, you're spiritually dead. You are. You can't say that about me because I'm a good person. But you can be dead and be a good person. Spiritually dead. You've never had to rebirth. You, 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 you try to, you try to, can I tell you something? A dead person can't bring themselves back to life. Amen, pastor. You can't give CPR to yourself. But can I tell you something? There is one who did raise himself from the dead. And his name is Jesus. And what he wants to do for you is give you that same power for those that will ask and receive him and call upon his name. He gives you that power. So guess what? I can go from spiritually dead to spiritually, come on. And something jumps up in my heart. And now that's why some of you, right? Some of you understand this. Watch this. Because some of you are like, I don't even like that person, but I love that like, they should really, that, you know, that, that, that Joe Kraft, I mean, there's just something about him. I just want to, oh, I love him. I just love him. I just love him. Why? Because he's alive, I'm alive. We're brothers. We're brothers. We're brothers because he's alive. I'm alive. We're all alive together. And guess what? My heart breaks for the people who are still dead. Because Jesus has purchased life for us. That's so important that we share that gospel. And then eternal death is for those that never decide to choose Christ. So if you are born spiritually dead and you have a physical death while you're still spiritually dead,
Following that? Then you will eternally die. You will eternally die. You will be separated from your maker forever. Now that doesn't mean you cease to exist. There is a place of punishment for those that do not embrace Christ, who are spiritually dead, called hell. We got to understand this. Hey, you, say, well, you, know, you can't talk about that in church. It's the year 2022. We still need to know it's in the Word of God and we need to teach about it. It's a real place that people are going to go there, unfortunately. But this is not God sending them there. God sent His Son to pull them out so they would never have to go. You following that? Don't tell me God sends people to hell. God killed His Son so no one would ever have to go there. You understand that? Thank God for Jesus. God's not sending us to hell. He's rescuing us from hell. We get to hell on our own. We, that's what we deserve on our own is hell. Amen? So, let's keep going. Look at this in verse 13. You're like, oh, he's in verse 13. We're going to be here all day. Don't worry. We good. Hold on. I'm just fired up. Amen? I love the Bible. For sin... Watch this now. I thought this was interesting studying this week. Verse 13. <clears throat> For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given. That's interesting. Because you think, well, how did they know what they were breaking, right? Sin was in the world before the Ten Commandments. Can you believe that? In fact, look, look what it says right there. Now the earth was corrupt. This is in the days of Noah, by the way. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight. And the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was, say it with me, corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. Some people would say, well, there was no sin because there was no law to break. Can I tell you, from the time of Adam, we've been sinners. We didn't necessarily need a law to break to be sinners. Now, that's an interesting phrase right after that. Our sin is not counted where there is no law. Now, that's not saying, oh, sin didn't count back then. Praise the Lord. He overlooked it. No, he's saying you weren't guilty of breaking specific sins. Sin still ruled from Adam to Moses. That's why he's saying from the time of Adam till we got the law through Moses, sin still reigned, but there weren't necessarily specific sins that people broke. You can't say, hey, you broke, you broke rule number 76. Well, there was no rule number 76, so sins were counted different before the time of Moses. You following that? Right? Because we are corrupt by nature. We are violent by nature. That is what that's speaking of. We did not need the law to sin. So let's think about it like this. There's a picture of a mirror up there just for a second. If you didn't have a mirror in your bathroom, you would still look bad when you woke up. Now, men, don't say anything right now. Don't look. Either Don't go amen. Don't say anything. Ladies, you can say amen, brother. We need a mirror. Thank God for the mirror. Mirror, mirror, mirror. Need a mirror, right? Need a mirror. But can I tell you, that when there is no mirror, we still look bad in the morning. What the mirror does is reveal how bad it is. Specifically, how bad it is. Dear Lord, my bag's got bags. 
and they're moving in with somebody else in there. What is happening right there? And Lord, how long has that thing been between my teeth? Why didn't somebody tell me about that? That's a salad I ate a week ago. You understand how that works? Somebody's like, oh, that's gross. Okay, you get the point though. You understand? The mirror reveals to me how bad things are. What you're looking at right now, that Bible, that's your mirror. You need to look in it. It will reveal to you who you are. It will show you yourself. Well, if I don't read my Bible, I'll, you, hey, you're still a bad person apart from Christ. You following that? You're still a sinner. For the person who's never read the Bible, they are still sinners. You understand that? So we're corrupt without our Bible, but our Bibles bring alive what we need to fix. So get in there. Get in that Bible and say, God, make me more like Jesus. There's the standard of my life. Here is the mirror of your word. And so, God, help me to do something about what you've revealed to me through your word. We didn't need the law to sin, but what the law did was specifically exposed what our sins were. You follow that? So, so because there was no law, could, was God still punishing sin? Yes, because look at verse 14. Yet what reigned? Verse 14. Death reigned. Death reigned. So because the punishment for sin is death, did people still die from Adam to Moses? Of course they did. So what that did was show us that God still punished sin even when there wasn't a law. The evidence that God still punished sin was death. Because from Adam to Moses, people died. Romans 6, 23. We'll get to that in a couple of weeks. For the wages of sin is what? Death. The payment for our sin is death. But the gift of God. Oh, come on. Some of you need to understand that. You, you, try, to, you try to bring yourself back to life and you can't do it. You've got to receive life from Christ. That's, that, 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 if I can tell you anything and you don't remember anything else today, you have to receive life from Christ. Christ. He gives it, you receive it. You cannot do this on your own. You cannot be good enough, smart enough, be come to church enough. None of that. None of that. Our righteousness, the Bible tells us, is like filthy rags. It is. So let's contrast. Then he goes into a, a little bit here in verse 15. Let's just, we're going to wrap this up with it's a comparison, contrasting. So what he does in 15 to the end of the chapter, he starts comparing because Adam brought the original sin, Adam brought sin in, but Jesus came in to bring a replacement. That's why I had you bring out that much more. Can I tell you, whatever your situation is today, Jesus has much more. I need you to hear that. Well, you don't know how big my mountain is. Mm, I know he's bigger. I don't, you don't, my pastor, you don't understand my relationship, my sickness, my this, my that. He's bigger. He, he's bigger. He provides much more. But you don't understand, my situation is as strong as death. Yeah, he's got that covered too. He, he covered it all. He covered, his grace is sufficient for your every need. So whatever you need, God's got it. What you need to do is stop trying to figure it out and submit to his plan, do it his way, and just be quiet and watch God work. And stop panicking when things aren't going the way you think they ought to go. Submit your life to one who has much more, right? You know, last week we talked about Fogo de Chow. I always talk about food. I don't know why I do that, but oh well. Y'all can relate to food, amen? 
Can I tell you, sometimes I think we might know that God has it, but we think he barely has it. Now, I want you to think about that. Well, God's got me, but ooh, I hope he pulls through. That's not the kind of God we're talking about here. <clears throat> when I was, you've heard me maybe share this before. When I was a youth pastor many, 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 many moons ago, back when my blood, they gave blood at the American Red Cross, I bled pizza sauce. That's how much I ate pizza back in the day and just youth and pizza. We used to work out, uh, we used to do a skit to a song by Carmen called the champion. You remember the champion? And I remember we used to do a skit to the song The Champion. It's essentially Rocky Balboa versus Apollo Creed with Jesus versus the devil. And and <laughs> that thing is so messed up, y'all. I can't believe we our doc was so so Jesus gets knocked to the mat. Like the devil could ever do that, number one. And so that God gets knocked to the mat. Oh, is he going to come back? Ten, nine. And then Jesus came up on the mat. Yay. I'm like, come. Can I tell you for a second? Jesus could squish the devil like this in a moment. <laughs> don't, 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 don't equate, don't equate my Jesus with your devil. Don't tell me, oh, no, I need Jesus to help me out. Hey, listen, the devil. Come on now. Where's our faith, church? Where are we going to believe? Oh, we got a circumstance. God, do you have enough money? He's got the cattle on a thousand hills. Why are we, why are we panicking? We've got Christ. Anybody hearing this? We, no wonder your friends won't come to church. I don't, I don't need you, Jesus. If your Jesus is going to barely get you out, I got a Jesus that puts me on top of the mountain. He took my sin. He took my guilt. He says, boom, how's life sound, son? What? What? He's handing out million-dollar checks, people, eternal life. That ain't something you're like, um, well, you know, um, would you be interested in, um, uh, <laughs> well, you know, our church, <laughs> you might like, it. well, I don't know. <laughs> what are we doing? I'd like to tell you about Jesus, but, you know, you know, I just, you know, I don't want to be offensive. I don't want to hurt your feelings or anything. <laughs> hey, we handed out tickets for eternal life. We, if, if people will just accept and repent and turn to God, they have eternal life. Why are we shy about this? Well, I'm an introvert. Oh, I get that. Then introvert you to someone that's introverted. You start an introvert club and tell them about Jesus. You ain't got to hang off a street light. I get that. You ain't got to go to Fountain Square. But you can't sit on Jesus and do nothing. You can't sit on Jesus and do nothing. And can I tell you what that looks like? What that looks like is having faith every day. In fact, I tell you what, you start living with faith, people start asking you. Hey, but how are you going to pay the bills this week? I don't even know God's got me. Yeah, but don't, um, hmm, uh, you, you know, you just got demoted at work. I know. <laughs> oh, well, God's got me. Uh, but, but um, um, you know, you, you, your family's sick. Your situation's sick. Your kids are a hot mess. Oh, Jesus has my kids. I ain't worried about that. But you know what your kids are doing, right? Yeah. I, I'm a parent. Of course I know what my kids are doing. But God's got my kids. God loves them more than I do. You think God don't have my kids? Why would I worry? See, if we just go to Ephesians, and realize that to worry is a sin. 
Oh, I came in your front door. You don't even want to hear that now. I didn't even wait for you to answer the door. I just barged in your house right now. I sat down in your recliner. Hey, you got to stop worrying, church. You got to stop worrying about life and have faith and believe God and show the world that Jesus is alive and he's working in your life. He's got you. He's got you. He's defeated death. He said, Adam, take that. I've come to be the second Adam to give you what you can never get on your own. Life. Life eternal. You following that? Come on now. Somebody needs to get a little spring in their step, a little joy in their heart, and realize you're victorious in Christ. You have life. So he does this comparison. He says, look at the first one. He goes, in Adam, in verse 15, there's death. For many died through one man's trespass. Much more had the grace of God and the free gift of grace of that one man, Jesus, abounded for many. Adam brought us death. Jesus gives us grace. Verse 16, and the free gift is not like the result of the one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. What did Adam bring me? What did my father Adam bring me? He brought me judgment. He brought me condemnation. But the free gift following Jesus, the free gift, brought justification. You, 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 hey, listen, I, I, know, I know what you've done. You ever met people who know what you've done? You can't even hardly look at them because they know what you've done. They know what you've done. They, they know where you were in 2004. They saw what you did. They experienced that. And you carry around that shame and that guilt. That's condemnation. In Christ, I have justification. Hey, don't tell me I'm guilty. I'm not guilty. I'm free. How, how can you say that? Because of what Jesus did. I'm free. Don't, you can't put on me. You can't put my past on me. It's under the blood of Jesus. He is free. I'm justified. I have been made not guilty because of what Christ done for me. Look at verse 17. For because of one man's trespass, death reigned. That word reign right there literally means is the king of their life. Death was the king of our lives. Much more, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus. Through Adam, death reigns in verse 17. But in Jesus, life reigns. See, I don't answer to death anymore. I answer to life. And you understand, like I was saying a minute ago, it's not that God has barely enough to cover me. He's got plenty. He's got plenty. You're not worried about can he pay the bill. He's paid it and he's paid it for all mankind. He's got you covered. Don't panic if God has you. He has you. Now just enjoy it. Enjoy it. Life reigns. Life reigns. You know what that tells me? That it, well, if I get in a situation where I may die, I'm okay. I'm okay. That's where we saw through the pandemic a lot of people begin to panic. Because what if you die? I'll be all right. I'm not worried about dying. Following that? Now, that doesn't mean I go out and jump out of an airplane because the Bible says, Lo, I'm with you always. You understand that? <laughs> I, I'll share with you my roller coaster theology sometime. God's not for it. He's just not. Lo, I'm with you always. So I don't want to use a lack of wisdom and, and do something stupid. But at the same time, can we just go ahead and take worry about death and just put that away? Amen. Put that away? Well, what happens if you this? I don't, Jesus, just Je if we could just focus on Jesus and not let this other stuff bother us, just Jesus, right? Je yeah. Oh, come on now, this is good preaching today, amen. If, we, if, if you'd quit wor worrying about what side of the fence people are on, 
What side of the fence are you on? I'm on the Jesus side. It's his fence. I ain't worried about the fence. Are you red, blue, elephant, donkey, COVID? Uh, are you uh, you uh, vax, non-vax, mask, no mask? How about King Jesus? That's who I am. I'm just King Jesus. You following that? And what it does is put, we got we to focus. We got to focus on Jesus. Focus on Christ. And then verse, we'll, go, we'll jump down to verse 19. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience. That, hey, some of you this week ought to just be saying, Jesus, thank you for being obedient. Because Jesus, of your obedience, I have life. I've been made righteous. That's what he says. By the one man's obedience, the many will be made, say it with me, righteous. Right? In verse 19 at the end. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. So watch this. You may not see yourself as a righteous person, but you have the righteousness of Christ tucked down inside of you. you can you follow that? We have the righteousness of Christ. So Adam's disobedience made us all sinners. Jesus' obedience makes us all righteous. Verse 20. Now the law came in. To increase the trespass, to make it obvious what we were doing wrong. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. How many of you are thankful for grace today? Aren't you thankful for the grace of God? Amen. Verse 21. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, Here's my question to you today, and I'll, I'll be done. Who, who reigns in you? Who reigns in you? Now, now be quick before it's all just Jesus. You got, you got to make sure. Who, who's king over you? Who's your king? Because a lot of us still have Adam as our king. A lot of people still have Adam as their king, still doing their selfish things, still trying to figure things out, still doing it their own way, living their own way, trying to salvage themselves some righteousness, trying to fix themselves. That, that's King Adam. But, but I'm telling you, you're going to have to turn. Watch this. Can I, can I just simply tell you that what is required for those of you that are following King Adam is you're going to have to turn. That's called Repentance. Right? It's a word we don't like to talk about in churches today. It's a shame because it's the only way. You, you're going to have to turn. You're following Adam. I'm doing my own thing. Death, unrighteousness, disobedience, trespasses, sin. I'm just kind of doing my own thing. But I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. You're going to have to turn. You're going to have to repent and walk towards King Jesus. And King Jesus brings you what? Life. Eternal life. Fullness. Joy. Everlasting life. Eternal life. Righteousness is what Jesus holds for those who will turn and repent and go towards King Jesus. You find who reigns you? Who reigns you? Who reigns you? It's got to be Jesus. It's got to be Jesus. You have to submit and surrender to King Jesus. Death reigned, but grace has reigned through righteousness. Jesus offers you what? Life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Faith Community Church is located at 6801 South East Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46227. We are on the south side of Indy on the corner of US 31 and Southport Road. For more information about our church, please 
go to www.fccindianapolis.com. We worship Sunday mornings, 10 a.m., Sunday nights at 6 p.m., and midweek services as well. We have activities and studies for all ages. We have something for your entire family. Come be a part of our family. We would love to see you sometime. Have a blessed day, and always remember that Jesus changes everything.